Have you ever had someone refer to something going on in the community who asked you, what's going on there? What's the story with all that? The right answer lies with the people directly involved in it, the people who know. Why not hear their story? So welcome to What's the Story, Pekin? I'm Gary Gillis, your host, and I hope you enjoy this Pekin podcast. Uh, as everyone who knows me knows well, as I'm a frequent visitor to the library, not only serving on the board, but also partaking of all the numerous resources that are here. In a recent visit, I saw a brochure that referred to Lakeside Cemetery Memories. And it brought to mind uh, one of my relatives, my cousin, who, when she would come and visit, the one place she wanted to go was our local cemeteries. She was always fascinated by the story each tombstone tells. And she would often compare, well, the ages of the spouses, the difference in ages, or this one was widowed at this age, and I wonder what happened. And, and of course, the story then between the dash of the dates. And Jared Olar is one that conducts tours of some of the historic uh, significance of Lakeside Cemetery. And uh, so I've invited Jared back. Everyone in town knows he's really the uh, history authority in town and uh, was uh, here for an earlier podcast. So, Jared, welcome back. Thank you, Gary. It's uh, good to be back. Sure. Well, share with us then. Um, I noticed in the brochure not only uh, former mayors that are there, I was really intrigued by the Civil War Memorial. I didn't realize uh, how many Civil War veterans are uh, interred there. So just uh, give us a little capsule of uh, the uh, the tour you give. Sure. Yeah, this is uh, the most recent walking tour that uh, I've organized. Uh, we use the Pocket Sites app uh, here at the library mm -hmm. to create walking tours. I've been doing this for the last few years. And so uh, just in May, uh, the weekend before Memorial Day, um, or the weekend before that, is when I uh, led a tour uh, Saturday morning uh, with a small group of people, about 10 people or mm -hmm. so, uh, with me to uh, be able to relive um, moments and important people of Pekin's past mm. uh, by visiting their graves, paying respect to their graves. Uh, we did also want to make sure since we were coming up on Memorial Day that we included a stop at Lakeside Cemetery's uh, Soldiers Memorial, the uh, Civil War uh, soldier that stands over the graves of Civil War soldiers and other soldiers from other, uh, mm -hmm. other American conflicts. Uh, so I uh, made a selection of some of the notables to include in the tour, uh, thinking of, well, let's look at some of the earliest mayors of Pekin and some of the business leaders and, and uh, occasionally their wives, things like that, to uh, be able to learn a little bit more about what happened in Pekin during the 19th century. Mm -hmm. What I found in researching uh, this tour to create it, um, I found that the earliest Pekin mayor who's uh, uh, buried in Lakeside Cemetery is in fact the mayor who was Pekin's fourth mayor, and then he returned to serve as Pekin's seventh mayor. He served in 1853, his first term, and in 1857, his second term. And his name is Middleton Tackaberry, who lived from 1808 to 1863. 
that would have been a large bumper sticker if uh, they had bumper stickers he, back then. Yeah, if they Tackleberry. had bumper stickers, that would have been yeah. very interesting yeah. how they got the name Middleton Tackaberry to fit because right. uh, he was, in fact, active in Pekin uh, politics. He was an elected official and held other public offices. He was a justice of the peace. He was the justice of the peace who married Nancy Leggins Costley mm. and her husband Ben Costley on October 15, 1840. Hmm. Uh, that was before just a, that was nine years before Pekin became a city so be, before he beca- uh, served as mayor um, so that was interesting learning about that and uh, learning about a little bit about his family and a few of the other notables uh, came after that several of the other mayors and newspaper publishers and um, businessmen well as you mentioned that I, I, in those dates Jared I was wondering um, how old is the cemetery where uh, and perhaps what's the uh, uh, the oldest tombstone there, and uh, in this guide, you do have it by sections, um, meaning that uh, it looks like the earlier sections are those that are more to the to the north. That is um, correct. And um, and then when did they expand to across the street to the east side of Twenty Nine? Well, the uh, um, the cemetery that we know as Lakeside Cemetery is in fact. Um, technically two cemeteries mm-hmm. uh, it has various uh, subsections as well it is Pekin's largest cemetery and and oldest extant cemetery now it's not the first cemetery that we had in Pekin there were several pioneers uh, mm-hmm. cemeteries in the 19th century which uh, later uh, were closed down and the burials transferred to Lakeside or as many of them as they were able to find sure uh, there was an old city cemetery down at the foot of Cook Street, uh, Cook, Cook Street and um, and uh, and Second Street. Okay. And that that old um, Pioneer Cemetery, um, all the gravestones were moved to what was originally called Oak Grove Cemetery, or the Temperance Cemetery. It was actually founded by the Sons of Temperance, which was an, an anti-alcohol abuse organization mm-hmm. uh, that was popular at that time. Um, there was a there was an old temperance cemetery out on the east bluff around the area where um, McKinley School was later was later built and where they've got uh, it's more or less where um, oh, if you like pizza little where Caesars. Little Caesars yeah, is that strip mall yeah. okay. that, that area that's that actually had uh, the original temperance cemetery but when that one was wanted to be transferred over whatever they the uh, Sons of Temperance founded Oak Grove Cemetery. So if someone ever says to me, I'm dying for a pizza, I will not refer to Little Caesars. No offense <laughs> to them, but it's just yeah, yeah, a bad, bad reference. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Uh, It is, it is a, a mighty convenient meal for, yeah. for a family. Yeah. Oh, exactly, that, exactly. Anyway, Definitely. Uh, so Oak Grove Cemetery is in the north part of the cemetery. Um, on the north part of what is called Oak Grove Cemetery, there's called Schilling's Edition. That's right next to the monument shop. Mm-hmm. And then on the south side of Oak Grove Cemetery is Old Lakeside. Um, and that, so the, well, giving a few dates to let people know what we're talking about here. Uh, Oak Grove, or, t- or what was originally called Temperance Cemetery, was established on April 10th, 1848 by William and Jerusha Stanbury, or Stansbury who are buried in that section of the cemetery. You can find the Stansbury plot there. Um, and then uh, there's also uh, several burials, not only from the old Temperance Cemetery and the old City Cemetery, but also the old Tharp 
Pioneer Burial Ground, which is where the uh, the parking lot of Schnucks is. Okay. And of course, as late as 1988, when they tore down uh, Douglas School, uh, then they uh, found out that several of the bur- quite a few of the burials, were missed, and so they called in the archaeologist Mr. Harn from Dixon Mounds. And with uh, then Tazewell County Coroner Bob Haller, they oversaw the removal of those burials to Oak Grove Cemetery. Mm. Um, so besides Old Lakeside Cemetery, then being a st- which was established, let's see, the seventh section of Old Lakeside was, let's see, oh yeah, okay. So Old Lakeside, just south of, of Oak Grove Cemetery, uh, was first laid out in 1874. So we're talking about a period from 1848 to 1874. Um, so the, earl- the oldest stones you're going to find in there predate 1848 because they were moved from other cemeteries. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's not to say that that's sure. those are the first people to be buried there. The first people to be buried there would have not have been buried, actually buried in what became what we think of as Lakeside until 1874. And then as time went on, they had to extend, expand even further south to become the cemetery that we know uh, at this point. Um, so there's all these extra sections that were added on, and they still have space to expand further south if need be. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a, a grand mausoleum that's been added as well. Uh, there used to be uh, the Steinmetz Memorial Chapel um, that was sponsored by the Steinmetz family. That had to be torn down in the late 1950s. Okay. And the cornerstone from the old Steinmetz Memorial Chapel was saved and embedded in a, a Last Supper um, monument, uh, Christ and his disciples at the Last Supper. Mm-hmm. And if those who drive by the cemetery will notice there's these two pillars with these old right. green yeah. copper spheres mm-hmm. on top of them, although lately one of the spheres has gone missing. I don't know whether they're repairing it or, or somebody's playing a prank or what, but um, those two pillars are along the path that leads to the old uh, Steinmetz Memorial Cemetery, uh, sorry, Steinmetz Memorial Chapel. And, but instead of the chapel, since that's gone, you'll see the old cornerstone and the, the Lord's Supper, uh, the, the, okay. I'm sorry, the Last Supper gotcha. uh, monument there instead. Okay. Well, you also in the brochure refer to the George Herget monument. So ah, yes. share a little bit about that. So if uh, you want to look at... You, there's there's really a lot of really remarkable monuments in Lakeside Cemetery. Those who can afford grand monuments usually bought them. Uh, the wealthy and the prominent people in a town or a city, they get to um, let people know while they're alive that they are wealthy. They can't take it with them sure. when they go, but oh, they yeah. can. Sp- their family can spend what they have left to build a grand monument to remind people that these, this person once lived. George Herget is, of course, one of the most prominent people in Pekin's history, uh, one of the founders of, one of the, the main founder of Herget National Bank, which then, of course, later became, more recently was bought up by BC. Uh, the Herget, uh, there's a Herget Street that's uh, named after him. Several of the Herget uh, family members built some grand mansions which are still around on Washington Street and Park Avenue that and uh, 8th Street, that area. 
George Herget, because he was so uh, prominent in Pekin and very successful, his family was able to afford the grandest monument of all in Lakeside Cemetery, which is kind of a miniature replica of the Washington Monument. Correct. The thing looks like yeah. it's perhaps 50 to 70 feet tall. It's a, a beautiful marble obelisk. And uh, you can't see it as well now because trees have grown up uh, in front of it. You can't see it as well from the street. But once you drive into there, you, you really can't miss it. You know, from a certain vantage point, you say, whoa, look at that really big thing there. How'd that get there? Yeah. Well, a very rich man <laughs> left money to his family, and they, they spent some of the, uh, a good deal of that money to create uh, really the grandest, uh, tallest monument in all of, of Pekin right now. Well, and given the stately manner of the, the Herget Mansion, it just would make sense that you know he would go to the Great Beyond with uh, with something like this. Absolutely. He uh, not only um, was was known for so many things, but where we're sitting right now at the library, he donated Indeed. the yes. land, and um, then Andrew Carnegie the the funding for it. So early early twentieth century, uh, when this uh, the planning for this library got mm-hmm. going. Uh, thanks to Mary, uh, Mary Gaither, mm-hmm. um, wrote to Andrew Carnegie to get us a Carnegie Library built. She wrote those letters in 1900, and uh, then a few months after that, she uh, she contacted the Hergets, uh, George and his wife Caroline Hergett, and asked if they would help out. And they said they would l- uh, be glad to donate. Sure. Uh, so, um, of some lots of land for the building of the Carnegie Library, and that's why we have the Pekin Public right. Library where it right. is today. It's on uh, land that was formerly Herget land. I think what I admire most of that story, and maybe I have this incorrect, but um, she had the understanding of volunteer dynamics or how you get things done, and rather than go to her board or those who are making that decision and say hey we should reach out to this person this he's he's giving away money she actually had the commitment and and brought it to their attention and almost that a check in hand she thing. she yeah. wrote the letter on her own initiative and then after getting the reply from uh andrew carnegie's uh, uh secretary mm-hmm. his uh, main assistant uh, brought it to the attention of the library board, right. I and of course they were quite happy about took. that. Yeah, I thought that was that was great. How would you say no to that? Mm-hmm. And George Herget, by the way, um, you know, I share a lot of uh, Pekin Park history, uh, and when uh, there was a referendum uh, in 1902 to establish a separate uh, taxing body known as a park district. Um, and it passed the first president of the Pekin Park Board was George Herget, who incidentally, as I look at uh, his lifespan here, he uh, he would have been the age I am now after, gosh, 30 years on, on the park board. So uh, Yeah, he died I, in 1914. Yeah. yeah, wow. 1833 to 1914 was wow. his lifespan. So in your re- extensive research on this, Jared, um, and, and I know you've referred to, and it will come up, perhaps tomorrow, and, and it's been talked about a lot lately, given Juneteenth and uh, the uh, story behind uh, Nancy Lagan's Costly, and the the question, almost controversy, you know, of where is her final resting place? And, and I think you've done the homework and detective work. You have a pretty good idea of where she likely is, um, but are there others, or would you estimate how many um, 
burial sites are there that have never been discovered and likely perhaps never will or we pretty much know exactly where everyone is every once in a while just like what you mentioned with with schnooks they discovered these and, and given that in the indigenous population here uh, early I, I wonder if, if that'll ever be known I think it's one of those things that's going to be remaining a mystery just because um, long before European settlers arrived in this part of the world, the native peoples lived here for thousands, thousands of years. Mm -hmm. And so there are always going to be human remains that are going to be found. Um, Not only because um, the white settlers supplanted the native peoples, and oftentimes desecrated or destroyed their burying grounds. Um, But also you're going to find that a lot of the pioneer cemeteries, America grew so quickly that these pioneer uh, burying grounds would be be created and some of them would become permanent cemeteries. Many of them didn't last very long. Some of them would just be, sometimes pioneers were buried on their, uh, on would have family members die, children or wives. Mm They would be buried on their property, and then that would end up falling into uh, into decay and di- sure. disappear, be yeah. replaced by other things. Yeah, there are no concrete vaults or so, anything like that. Yeah, yeah. 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 Wow. So there's always going to be the op- the possibility, the probability of finding more remains in places where you had no idea you're going to find something like sure. that. Sure. Well, I remember when we were uh, the park uh, right when I started my tenure in 1993. One of the first things was putting in the uh, bike trail that now you know goes across the the community. And when we were in Coal Miners Park, there were parts of that that um, we were told we had to wait and actually have a study undertaken to to look for um, Indian burial grounds. Even though you know it operated a railroad on it, but probably that was hastily built, and there never was that effort done when that was initiated. So that uh, yeah. nothing was found, but we were required uh, by by state statute to mm-hmm. to conduct that so I, yeah that I doesn't need to be done that. yeah yeah well when yeah. do you um you do this this tour annually and uh do you have a date for for next year or we just know it's going to happen is it well, annual or yeah the, well this first time we did it was in may um several people have expressed interest in this particular tour so mm-hmm. we're going to be redoing it again in, in september okay uh, so just keep an eye on the Pekin uh, Public Library's uh, program calendar, and we'll be seeing that. We'll do an, uh, another Saturday toward the end of September. Great. And uh, for those that didn't get a chance to go in May, we'll we'll do it then. Sure. Well, very good. Um, anything else you want to add about it, uh, no. other than, I guess, an advertisement for it? Look for it in September, sure. and let's, let's do it. Yeah, that. well, we, we did mention the Soldier's Memorial and sure. how that is a, a mm-hmm. part of the tour, we make sure that we uh, stop and, and pay our respects to the soldiers there. Uh, my, uh, an, when I first noticed that we had a Civil War monument in Pekin in Lakeside Cemetery and seeing the Union soldier standing guard there, uh, my initial assumption was, oh, those must all be Civil War soldiers, but they are not mm. in, uh, in researching further. I find out that only a, a fraction of the ones who were there, only 23, in fact, of the ones buried at the soldiers' monument in Lakeside are Civil War soldiers. And and that's 23 out of 54 soldiers just around that um, that Civil War monument. But there are also Civil War soldiers buried all throughout Mm -hmm. Lakeside Cemetery. I wanted to 
point out something that's kind of remarkable about that soldier. You see when you're driving al along uh, 29 north and south, you see Lakeside there on the west side of the road, and you can see that the soldier is facing the road. Uh, that wasn't just done because uh, the people who put that monument there wanted us to be able to see the soldier's face while we were driving by. That was done um, out of an old tradition. This is a soldier who's standing guard over his comrades who have fallen or who, who have fallen into sleep, the sleep of death. Hmm. He's standing guard, uh, he's, he's, he's on guard duty. You know, he's the one who's, sure. who's watching over to make sure that everything's okay and he's going to wake them when it, when it comes time. And when his shift is done, when he, he gets, when it's his, his, his turn to sleep, then he wakes them up. Sure. But he's facing a certain direction. He's facing east. And if you go to that soldier's memorial, if you actually go to Lakeside Cemetery, you're going to find that most of the of the headstones they are placed at uh, they are in fact placed at the head, and you have to be facing east to read them, to to read the inscription. You're facing the same direction as the soldier when you visit the lakes, the the uh, soldier's memorial. Mm -hmm. If you want to read the the gravestones you have to be uh, facing the same direction as a soldier if you want to see his face you won't be able to read the inscriptions and the reason for that is because of the old the very ancient jewish and christian tradition of the resurrection and that has to do with the soldier he's standing already he's waiting for the end of the world and the tradition that messiah is going to come from the east oh, and so he's waiting to see when christ comes back when the when the messiah arrives He's going to wait to see that, that new light that's going to wake the dead. Hmm. And so then the soldiers are going to be able to sit up in their graves. And immediately, they're, they're, because their feet face, face east, they're going to sit up and immediately, quickly see the light coming. Wow. As, soon as, as soon as their comrade standing on that statue wakes them up, says, wake up, wow. guys, it's time. That's interesting. Very fascinating. Well, that's another reason for uh, everyone to uh, attend the tour, because I know you'll p point that out uh, yeah. when, they're, when they're there. And then we'll maybe take a tally the day after, see how many people had bad dreams uh, about that. So, um, <laughs> oh, but, well. but Jared, I, I appreciate you coming. Uh, you know you'll be on this show a lot more, especially as we get into people's oh, sure. bicentennial year. Next year we'll have a lot of things that, uh, that I we're I look forward share. to it. So, uh, so I thank you for being here. Uh, thank you for uh, joining us as, as listeners. Uh, keep an eye out for the announcement of that date in September, and, and uh, certainly I would encourage you to attend. Uh, as always, uh, thank you to, I guess I'll thank Jared, because I always thank the Pekin Library for providing the space, and Jared's a, a valued uh, part of the library. Uh, thank you to, to Mike Eaton, my sound guy. Mike is, is always uh, here and uh, does a great job. And um, we would encourage people to give us thoughts, ideas, uh, recommendations, uh, feedback of any type by emailing us at peakandpodcast at gmail.com. And uh, thanks again for being here and have a great rest of your day.